1: Happy Victory Monday, Cowboys Nation. Welcome to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're coming live to you from the beautiful star in Frisco in the SWBC podcast studio. I'm Jess Navarez, joined alongside two incredible ladies that you see every Monday, of course, Christy Scales and Aisha Morrison over here. Ladies, we had some breaking news right before the podcast started, a little less than an hour ago. Come to light, the Dallas Cowboys officially signed wide receiver T.Y. Hilton And there's a lot to talk about. Mike McCarthy spoke about it in his press conference. But just right off the bat, how are y'all feeling about this signing? Keep in mind, he's a 10 year veteran, four time pro bowler. He's had five 1000 yard seasons, one of which was 1148 yards in 2016, the most in the NFL when he was playing for the Colts. Mike McCarthy said he's a great addition, someone who's in shape and has been working out all year. He was cleared medically and got through a workout with flying colors. Timing was right and it was a unique addition for the Cowboys given the timing of being in the fourth quarter of the season and the thick of December football. Ladies, how are we feeling about the signing, Aisha? I'm gonna let the floor Christy, is yours. Okay, Christy okay. Aisha, anybody? Yeah,
2: great great addition <laughs> and uh you know not a lot of risk but possibly high reward. Tracking. Uh obviously hasn't uh played this season. There have been some injury concerns. I'll go more into that in just a, a little bit. But uh you know, What's the difference in signing him and Odell Beckham Jr.? Money, probably one, length of contract. But the main thing was T.Y. Hilton was willing and able to work out. Okay, Mm -hmm. so obviously much farther along. It's Mm -hmm. not coming off an ACL injury, he's coming off a neck issue, uh, disc. He hasn't has not played this season, but he was one of the top free agents at any position, at least in terms of name recognition and past accomplishments. So uh, I don't I don't see any downside to it. I on, I only see it as a positive.
3: Yeah, I mean, you also get it like we talk about. You get a, a veteran guy into this young room, um, and hopefully he has some mentorship there or whatever. But as far as him being an addition, I, we know what he's capable of. He's dealt with all the injuries and stuff, but he's maybe hopefully the rest has helped him and he can come in and contribute late yeah yeah,
1: yeah and, and chrissy i'm so glad you brought up the working out portion of things because that's not something we saw when odell was in the building he didn't partake in a workout and so the fact that ty came in participated in a workout to which Mike McCarthy said he passed with flying colors was very interesting and intriguing. Something else intriguing is you said you knew why he goes by T Y. Oh, and you wanted my live reaction for this. So now well, I'm really curious to well, why his, that is. His
2: real name is Eugene. Okay, so how do you get how do you get T Y out of Eugene? Two plus two uh, is Well, four. <laughs> his his father's name is Tyrone, which of course okay. starts with T Y. So he said huh. that you know since he was real little. Everyone just called him T.Y. off of his father's name, but you know, no no offense to anyone named Eugene, but maybe he likes that better than Eugene, but that's the reason why. But here's the thing. He was one of the top wide receivers in the AFC for several years, and that that Mm -hmm. run of four Pro Bowls, that was consecutive. That's 2014 through 2017, but what happened was, going into last season, all ten seasons that he's had in the NFL have been with the Colts. He was originally a third round pick of the Colts uh, back in 2012 but here's the thing he um, uh, had a neck issue last year and it was in the offseason but uh, he was coming back from a preseason game on the team charter and he lost feeling on one side of his body and so there was a a disc in the neck that was blocking uh, some nerves and so he had surgery Uh, before the season he ended up missing the first five games of the 2021 season when he came back he missed some more uh, games due to some different injuries Uh, one was a concussion and one was a quad strain he missed one game following each of those uh, injuries but the year before there was uh, he had a groin injury the year before that he had uh, a quad strain and torn calf different injuries throughout the season a as well as a groin. Uh, so quad, calf, and groin. He hit the trifecta in 2019. In 2018, thigh and hamstring injuries. So his previous injuries were all lower body, yeah. but the mm. most recent one was neck. And so that's obviously a great concern. So even though he was able to play some last year, he just obviously wasn't it full speed and missed the first five games of the season.
1: And I think something, too, that when we were talking about Odell, uh, when that whole conversation was first brought up, was the medical staff within this organization, within the Dallas Cowboys, that really helped to nurse these players back to full health from... Injuries that you don't think are fixable. I mean, Damone Clark, Jalen Smith, those are two names we throw around all the time. Um, So, again, it makes this Cowboys team very appealing for somebody like T.Y. who has this kind of injury history who could come into a medical staff that is very well-renowned, well-trusted, and well-respected within that community. So, intriguing for him, intriguing for the Dallas Cowboys, especially considering he can be an additive Quickly. And I think that was exactly uh, why this happened so quickly uh, within hours of, of us first hearing reports. I know Jane tweeted something out and then the signing happened. So um, very interesting there. But Aisha. No, no. Yeah, Christy, you made a good point about him,
3: his run when he was with the Colts and just how dominant he was at some points. Like, there were, he was the guy when he was there. He oh, absolutely. Was mm, absolutely. The he was the he go-to was guy
4: for
2: Luck, you know, Andrew yeah. Luck and, yeah. you know. That was a that,
3: dope. They were actually oh, looked what at combo. to be one yeah. of the best Absolutely. tandems at that point in time. So um one of the – another appealing things is that I'm sure he understands a lot of the injuries he's had and the stuff he's gone through in coming here, their, their lack of not – just lesser responsibility, you know, just hey, the yeah. – being able to be a contributor and not just be like the main focus of an offense may be something also that is appealing for a guy that is you know older into his uh, his career and trying to find somewhere to
1: settle yeah, yeah and i think the dallas cowboys have been a good landing spot for people like that you maybe not the same comparables but even look at james washington and uh, you know when he came on and it's so funny to look back at the headlines from when James Washington was first signed because no one thought uh, that the Cowboys' wide receiver core would be performing like they are at this point. But um, yeah, just wanted to break that news to you all. Break it down a little bit more uh, yeah. and, in detail. And,
2: yeah, and just wanted to add that one thing when you talk about just about him meeting with the medical staff here with the Cowboys. Just want to point out that one of the things that Co- uh, Coach McCarthy said in his press conference uh, just under an hour ago is that. T.Y. Hilton passed the physical and the workout with flying colors. And then uh, the other thing is that right now as we speak, as we're doing this podcast, T.Y. Hilton is in a meeting with the wide receivers coach, Robert Prince. So no time to waste. Moving quickly. And hopefully uh, now uh, obviously the – the team has the day off to tomorrow. I'm sure that he'll be in trying to play catch up, but his first time on the field with everyone will be on Wednesday.
1: So oh, definitely good to keep an eye on. And so something else to keep an eye on too is uh, to see how they integrate him and how quickly uh, they feel comfortable doing that. If it's going to be another ramp up situation like we've seen with previous players throughout the season, or if it's just going to be full swing, let's see what you got. Gonna be interesting. Very, uh, very interesting as we continue on our week. Speaking of interesting, y'all, what? A Sunday afternoon for all of us. Oh, man. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys beating the Houston Texans 27-23. to Definitely was not my score prediction. I don't know about y'all, but uh, I was hoping for a 50-burger. Didn't get that, and uh, Twitter let me know it very quickly. Lovey Smith showed us. Uh, Lovey Smith showed us 100%. He said, hey, uncommon opponent? Mm. Who's that? Mm-hmm. Hey. It was uh, definitely a game plenty to break down, and so... Really, when we talked about this game, Aisha, we, we, you and I had talked about this, was this was a game for the Houston Texans, a team that had nothing to lose and everything to gain. The Cowboys, on the other hand, well, what did they have to lose? Health. And they definitely have a laundry list of injuries uh, to come out of this one so Christy I want to get uh more injury updates and in what you know we have a lot of players to go through we heard uh, more updates from Mike McCarthy in his press conference as well but starting with uh, I think the the one that's a little bit, Concerning going forward, considering you know the chain of events that what we saw in the O line, but uh, Terrence Steele, we did hear from Mike McCarthy, um, and Mike McCarthy in his press conference said that he is a rock of a man who's just been so consistent. It is a loss for them, and he's a true pro Break pro beyond his years and so this is a huge loss uh, for the Dallas Cowboys offensive line Christy can you go in a little bit more detail about Terrence Steele that injury he's dealing with and what this could mean going forward
2: well he got rolled up on the back of his left leg when he was blocking it happened at the 49 second mark of the uh, first half or of the second quarter so Josh Ball had to come in and played most of the second half and Jason Peters the veteran stepped in who had been working exclusively well had been working exclusively on the the left side at either left tackle or left guard and uh, played right tackle for the first time since what 2006 yeah, yeah something I mean in uh what 18 17 16 17 years since something 2005 like
1: that.
2: since 2005 so kudos to him time. to come in and, and not just uh, take a series but a two-minute drill yeah <laughs> but yeah uh, what happened was um the uh let's see it was Tyler Smith who was engaged with the defender and blocked him and when that defender fell away fell into the back of Terrence's leg but it is a huge blow we've talked about Terrence before I've talked about some just last week we were talking about some of the off-field stuff that he's been doing and what a great guy he is and how respected he is amongst coaches and teammates even though he's very quiet and doesn't get a lot of attention from Cowboys fans and media so so this is a big blow, um, but I tell you that the the left side of the Cowboys bench, between that and the tunnel, if when a player gets injured, if they come to the Cowboys bench and go to the right side of the bench into the blue medical tent, that's where most things happen, right? Someone gets hurt, they come off, and the medical staff checks them out in the blue tent. If they come off the field and don't go to the medical tent, but they make that B line straight up to the tunnel, on the left side of the Cowboys sideline and go up to the X-ray room or towards the locker room—that's bad news. And we had like five guys make that trek yesterday. Yep. And my thing for the Dallas Morning News on Sports Day, I said it was it was busier than a than a runway at the fashion show. I mean, <laughs> guys were just back yep. and forth, back and forth. So um, the first of the uh, in, even before Terrence Steele was. Um, Jonathan Hankins, yep. the defensive tackle. So he uh, suffered a, a pec injury. He went out with a shoulder. We thought it was a shoulder strain or sprain, but with the pectoral. So he could miss some time. Uh, the good news is that when um, when Trayvon Diggs went off with the left thumb injury, he returned. I think he only missed like six plays on defense. Uh, and then Jake Ferguson left just before halftime. He was very unsteady, needed some help walking uh down the sideline and up the tunnel so they were obviously uh checking him for a concussion but you know it's a bad day when you have a pre-game injury and mm. a post-game injury yep so J. Ron curse the cowboys starting safety it was 40 minutes before kickoff and just a thing where he catches a pass braces so that uh teammate deron bland can practice wrapping up happened right in front of the cowboys bench and he just landed awkwardly on his left knee crumpled to the ground, needed to be helped to the locker room. Luckily, he came back out about 30 minutes before kickoff and did some light conditioning behind the end zone and was able to play the game. In fact, took 95% of the snaps, so kudos to J. Ron working through that. And then Dorrance Armstrong on that very last play of the game, the Hail Mary that Israel Mukwamu intercepted in the end zone, uh, he uh, uh, tweaked an ankle, so we'll wait for an update, uh, get a little more. On Dorrance Armstrong. Hopefully, he'll be able to practice by the end of the week. Coach McCarthy said earlier uh, this afternoon that uh, he thinks DA may be ready to go for Jacksonville.
1: Thank you, Christy. All good stuff uh, as far as information. Definitely hate to see any kind of injuries to any of these guys at any point, uh, not just for the Dallas Cowboys, but around the league as well. Aisha, when talking about these players, that laundry list, and you and I talked about this specifically last week, and uh, I wish we weren't right about it, but which one really is the most significant loss to you if you're talking about these players that can't play maybe immediately or for the longer term? which one do you think has the most significant impact and why uh
3: so I think well, in regard to the Hankins, you know, I feel like uh Bohanna Neville Osa stepped up and played very well yep. yesterday in his absence. um I felt like they bottled up Damien Pierce pretty well this game. But, to answer your question, i I think the steel loss is just it's huge. and it's not even just because of just his play, but his attitude on the field mm-hmm. and and what he does finishing guys, and, and just the tenacity he plays with and his willingness. Do I think that obviously you know Jason Peters stepped in and played? Do I think that there there's things they can do? Cowboys kinda have set themselves up to have some depth there and be able to work around that. We'll be we'll see how they plan on handling that completely, but Terrence Steele's just his demeanor. I mean, that that T P touchdown, like uh the second one, I mean, Terrence is lead blocking there. And then so I just think you are going to miss his physicality in the run game and just how he plays the game. And it's it's one of like I am wholeheartedly disappointed for him. And I I don't know if we're allowed to say those things, but but I'm extremely disappointed for him because this is probably the best season he's played of football. This is in totality he hasn't been a guy that's been injured a lot. And if I'm not mistaken, this is a year where is this a contract year for him, or is he's he's a a restricted free agent? next year and so you know this just changes things for him I know he's gonna battle back but I just think his presence is gonna be missed on this field and him and Tyler Biotish have really built something as well on that field together so it's just yeah
1: Yeah, that O-line continuity is really what we've been honed in on these past few weeks because it's been so noticeable that we haven't been talking about the O-line. In fact, what we were talking about last week was the O-line rotation and how comfortable they felt being able to do that. And so something Mike McCarthy was asked in his press conference today was, how comfortable do you feel with Jason Peters being 40 years old, you know, being on a one-year deal essentially with him playing a full game? Do you feel comfortable with that? And Mike McCarthy said he's ready for whatever he's asked to do. And so... Um, it's going to be interesting to see that. And so, also, kudos to Jason Peters for on a drop of a hat, just switching positions like that because I don't think a lot of people appreciate or understand how much work mentally, physically, goes into that. You're talking muscle memory from doing something on the left side and going to the right side. You're talking mental memory. I mean, this guy hasn't done this since 2005, and he went out there and he made such an impact immediately in that right tackle position. So I I just want to give all the kudos to Jason Peters there because that was just incredible to see um, him making such a quick impact. But something else I wanted to talk about because speaking of impact, we saw the dominoes starting to fall early on in this game. Turning points within this game, ladies, I think we can pinpoint uh, exactly what they were. But Christy, I wanted to talk to you about that, and specifically um, with really the first domino to fall, which was Turpin's muffed ball uh, in that kickoff return there. So what did you see from that? And it's not very characteristic of Kevontae Turpin to do that. And so really, that's the first time we've seen it. Twitter was being very toxic about it, y'all. If you were being toxic to Kevontae Turpin... I probably muted you. I'm not gonna lie. Hey man, <laughs> um, it was huge. Man. It, it, it was it it was huge. Changed the but, feel of the but, game, yeah. And,
2: but what was great yeah. was to see the response of That's teammates exactly and it. coaches. I mean, over there to pick them up and and but but what I enjoyed seeing from the sideline perspective, is he didn't hang his head. Obviously, he was frustrated and disappointed because he knew he let the team – or felt like he let the team down with that key play, the muff punt, so early in the game. But um, I'd say about four plays la- – it it was three plays later because um, – Texans got the ball in good field position. They have a third down in the red zone, and so Mike McCarthy is down just beyond the left side of the bench, and he's watching intently the defense, you know, pre-snap. And here's Cavante coming down and tapping coach on the shoulder, and McCarthy turns to him, and and Cavante's doing the it's me, you know, he did his mea culpa, right? It's like hey, yeah. it's on me, it's on me, and and uh, coach just kind of nodded, and and you know fist bumped him and and stuff like that but um, you know to be able to come back and respond later he he didn't break one I I know we keep saying every week this is going to be the week but that really was such a key thing because the Cowboys did come out of the gate so well yeah first the Cowboys get the ball first drive down score first possession and here's the thing when the Texans got the ball the Cowboys defense that was a three and out so the defense the offense and the defense for the Cowboys couldn't start any better than they did forcing a, a punt on a three and out and then the muff happens and so um and then the Texans score thanks to the in part to the good field position and that's the thing when you have an underdog team you cannot give them any hope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? They will they'll thrive off of that. Yeah, and so yeah. Aisha I wanted to talk to you about the impact that that had going forward yeah. for the rest of the game and what exactly did you see from that moment when it happened from an X's and O's film type of Vision, if you will. Well, from the,
3: I mean, it's not even a whole bunch of X's and O stuff. It's just that at that point, once the Texans scored, you could just see the light bulb kind of go off for them, like, oh, we can hang with them. Yeah. And they are a very, mo- I think every team has, you know, works off of momentum, but I personally know some guys over there, and they are a very momentum-based team, and I felt like they they wanted definitely they they definitely wanted to make it be known. Those secondary players were out there hunting. And and to your point, talking about how many injuries and things that the Cowboys were dealing with besides the pregame stuff, it's because this game was nasty. This was a brawl on so many different levels, man. And Mm -hmm. so that part of the game, obviously the the Turpin uh, fumble, to me I just think it shifted the confidence in like, okay, once they scored – They understood what they had to do to put themselves in good positions to be able to score again, and that was short fields, and that equals points. And with Turpin, um, field position, starting field position was up and down yesterday and so I, I, to your point, to your question I feel like maybe some of his decision making was different after that and he was struggling to get in a groove and he was, you know, was unsure yeah. about some places and so hopefully, you know the guys instill confidence in, in him again but that is, it was a trickle down effect also for him and for the rest of the game because again, starting field position for the Cowboys was not good at all. I mean, the last drive, they had to go a million yards with 98 yards. 98 yards, 11
1: plays. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's because starting field position was up and down, and it didn't help the offense at all Mm -hmm. um, yesterday, so something to improve on.
1: Yeah, definitely, and so one last thing in this block before we go to break is I wanted to ask y'all about something that is maybe buried in the rest of the conversation within this game, and that was the Mike McCarthy Challenge. This happened during Houston's third drive. Uh, He was challenging, let's see, chris moore's 36 yard catch i wanted your opinion on that mike mccarthy is 0 2 so far this season with challenges do you think that was a good challenge christy from what you could see aisha from what you could see how do y'all feel about that challenge and obviously it didn't go in the cowboys favor but was it a good call by mike mccarthy to go for it
2: i did not have a good view of it from the sideline it actually was straight across from me but it's 53 and a third yards away, sure. you know, the, the width of a, of a field, I, I thought that he had caught it. Uh, but looking at the review on the big Jerry Tron, you know, which is 60 yards wide, to me it looked like the ball – did touch the ground and moved, so uh, I think that it should have been overturned and ruled an incompletion.
3: Yeah, I, I guess I, I don't know no. I don't know what a catch is no more. I don't either. Hey, listen. I don't either. Hey, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I, I'm gonna be honest with you at this point. Like I really at this point feel like there's just so many inconsistencies with what is a catch, what's not a catch, whatever. But me personally. I thought that the ball moved. I watched it about five times on the, the All 22. I knew you would. And I, knew you I did. Would. I was like, <laughs> let me see it. <laughs> Did Mm -hmm. ball moved and it was it was a smart timely challenge given where you were in that game and wanted to go ahead and and go ahead and and continue to score I understand it
1: and I think what was important in that moment was you could feel the momentum building for Houston and that was huge that just put the nail in the coffin for the momentum so I agreed with Mike McCarthy's uh, going for it if you will with that challenge and in my opinion, from what I saw, it looked like it was not a catch. But what do I know? I'm also a Dez truther that says it was a catch there, <laughs> uh, as well. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and toss to break because coming up in our second segment, we are talking all things Dallas Cowboys offense. And we even hear from Houston Texans head coach, Lovie Smith, what he had to say about Dak Prescott. All that and more coming up. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
0: All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with a recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn
2: more.
4: you mm.
1: Girls talk, boys talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are digging deep into the Cowboys offense, but first, tis the season for Dallas Cowboys holiday youth camps, presented by Invisalign. Registration for one-day football and dance academy camps are now open. Don't miss your chance to send your little athlete to camp at AT&T Stadium on December twentieth and twenty-first. Limited spaces remain, so register at dallascowboys.com/academy today. All right, ladies, let's dive deep into this uh, Cowboys offensive performance. Um, Real quick, running down some quick stats. They had a total of 404 yards, 277 of which were passing yards, 127 of which were rushing yards. They were averaging 5.7 yards per play. They had a total of 71 plays within this game. Uh, First downs, well, they had 21 of those. Third down efficiency, this is something we'll get into, 8 of 15, one of two, of fourth down efficiency, and uh, penalties. They had three for 10 yards. I'm not going to be mad about that. That's... It's not okay, but it's better. So Girl, I'm, I'm moving that. on. I'm don't moving do on. Don't I'm moving on. That's only that's, yeah, that's what let's, I'm saying.
2: Let's throw a party. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Penalties. I'm
1: saying I love the improvement. Uh, but something else that we talk about a lot on this podcast that I like to bring up on Mondays is the time of possession. Yes. The Cowboys had the ball for 26 minutes and 46 seconds. The Texans had the ball for 33 minutes and 14 seconds. Although, I don't know about y'all, but the last two minutes felt like an eternity <laughs> of the game. Oh, my goodness. Um, definitely a lot to unpack here. Start. Starting with, um, you know, just overall, this is this was such an interesting game offensively for the Cowboys. But I did want to start a little bit more on the O line. We already touched base on that, but what I did want to get into was we talked about the O line, the run game. I looking back at the game and kind of rewatching some stuff today. How did we feel about the amount of? run game that there was compared to passing game uh, and that one-two punch. To me, I felt like it was abandoned early. Uh, I felt like within the Cowboys' first drive, it was it was great. It was great. And let me pull up some stats here uh, because I also wanted to look at – those as well uh Zeke had 62 yards for 15 carries he was averaging 4.1 yards per carry one touchdown there Tony Pollard had 42 yards for the day had 15 carries and averaged 4.2 yards per carry he had that cha-cha slide touchdown which we'll get into in just a second as well and then also on the rushing list well Dak Prescott 23 yards he ran the ball six times and he was averaging 3.8 yards uh, rush there Uh, so interesting to see Dak using his legs a little bit more within this game but how did y'all feel about the balance between the run game and the pass game for this game specifically do you feel like there was a balance or do you feel like the run was abandoned a little early Uh, where do you stand with that Christy I think it was a little heavy on the pass and that's because if you
2: take out the one drive in the third quarter now this is the one that ended with the unsuccessful fourth down run but that that drive that was nine straight runs Nine play drive, nine runs, okay? And yeah. I was like... But, but you, you take that out, and it yeah. just shows you how heavy it was pass, uh the rest of the time. So um, I like your point, Jess, about Dak using his legs more towards, like, the end of the game, and especially when it was, like, the hurry up, and I, I think that that's something that... Um, we haven't seen as much these last couple of years, and hadn't seen it much this year. But I, I think he picked the right time to do it, uh, late in the game, and it was it was real important. Um, m- not only moving the chains, but when you're in a tempo kind of offense, that can often be very helpful.
3: Yeah, Dallas struggled um, on first and second down, passing the ball, running the ball. Like in that second quarter, especially they they were struggling to really getting a rhythm, and by the time they got to third down, they were in this. I mean, it's like second and 12, second and, you know, like second and 10, those situations. And then by then you're in a third down situation that's not necessarily favorable favorable to you. And you do have a quarterback that can definitely still try to sustain drives and stuff. But what I think what really was the struggle, especially with the run game and trying to stay established, is that the, the, the Texas D-line and linebackers came to play. <laughs> I really mean, did. like mm-hmm. I, the DBs were coming down and tackling they were hitting hard it was just the the Cowboys were struggling at the point of attack at, at certain points and it took them took them about the end of the second quarter to to really establish you know themselves a little better
2: than they came out in the second half and played better and obviously but yeah I'm glad you mentioned the linebackers in particular because there seemed to be more I don't know, it's that maybe they got better uh depth on their drops and stuff, but it was harder for Dak to fit it into these yes. zones. They played so much zone. Yeah. And and so zone compared to man to man, in some ways it's easier and you get you get more tend to get more interceptions or it's easier to intercept the ball when you're in a zone and you're facing the quarterback rather than man to man turned running with your guy and having to turn and make a play on the ball. Trayvon Diggs is great at it with his wide receiver background, but generally, zone, you know, it's. it's can sometimes see more interceptions there easier for the defender. And Mike McCarthy said something really interesting mm. about it. And it was kudos to uh the I thought the the, the coaching staff for the Texans had just a great game, offense yes. and defense. Yeah. But, yes, but they when, came to play. But when, one thing McCarthy said, it's a matter of more as far as the type of coverage, it was more quarters than I have seen a lot of people play, lots of combination. Uh he, meaning Lovey Smith, who's the head coach and uh, runs the defense, is a vision defense defense coordinator and does a great job of it. And they played with good vision. So that goes to my point of it's not just making a play on the ball to intercept it, but even the linebackers with dropping back and knocking the ball away. So Dak, like that one interception that went off of Noah Brown, you know Dak wants to have that back. He tried to fit it in there. That that was not a good throw and. and think you it's, I think it's reasonable to question the decision on that particular one the other interception Dak's arm was hit okay yeah. so that that was a pass rush uh situation but the nickelback had him fold there yeah that's that, what happened exact, yeah. but when
3: you talk about I I'm so glad that you mentioned the vision defense thing because I wrote it down because it was important to me and I know we're going to get to to love you or whatever but yeah he just came out there and he threw the like the kitchen sink at you man but when you talk about playing zone mm-hmm. as was opposed to man the sink.
1: Yeah. i don't know if you saw that but what in the world he was throwing the kitchen he's <laughs> like elon musk carrying washing. in the kitchen Ugh.
2: sink to to twitter and gonna throw everything out but the top you know it, what i just it. want it. to say cancel if
1: twitter gets <laughs> taken <laughs> down we are all going back to MySpace. i've made that declaration but Amen. you made <laughs> such a good point about the the vision
3: <laughs> the vision defense and just or just you know just Playing your zone and that the responsibility kind of being not as great because like with, with Dak Dak plays very well against man coverage and if you blitz and so they decided to throw a lot of disguise coverages at him and I think especially in the beginning of that game he was still trying to figure it out like you were talking about the depth with the receivers and where to place the ball and stuff it was a they that that yeah. defense was was humming and like and, said, physical. And, and physical and physical so so just. Again, credit to Lovey for having these gentlemen ready, and they were fully prepared. They were playing on the ball. They were biting on stuff. They were tackling hard. A lot of the offense struggling was because that defense was playing well. Like, let's just keep it a buck. Like, and, I, that, and yeah, that's absolutely. how I feel about yeah. it. Is that they also threw out some stuff that they hadn't seen. It sound like listening to Dak and listening to Mike McCarthy. Like, even Lovey said, like we we threw everything at them, and that's that's. That's crazy. Like, this ain't no playoff game, man. Like, it everything. was it was for them. For them, it clearly was. It, and that's why I'm trying fighting to stay for their lives. That's Yeah, and that's why I'm trying to stay even killed. Because we even talked about that. Like, yep. they got a lot of guys over there with one year deals, veteran players trying to prove that they can still play in this league, or they got young guys trying to make a name for themselves because they're
1: new draft players. Petrie lost his mind. Petrie was he having a good day. player. Kearsei, he was having a really good player. He oh, was and, bullying and, the Cowboys' offense. And, and by, by, by the way, by
2: the way the Texans were playing without Stingley, their first-round pick, the rookie I'm cornerback, and then, and then they lost the other uh, starting cornerback, Steven Nelson. No, so funny. they were shorthanded, not just on offense at wide receiver without their two top wide receivers. You know, I mean, kudos to them. They really stepped yeah, up. They yeah, they shook up the quarterback a lot. Like, Dak, did I, fantastic
3: on the last drive. I think he put together some good – they moved the ball well. I think they had, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. four four drives of 60 more yards. Like, they moved the ball, but – there were so many instances where they could not continue to stay on the field, and a lot sure. of it was offensive line play, getting behind the chains, no crazy penalties, but it just yeah. was execution was so up and down until they pulled it out in the last minute. And I give, g- g- do give them kudos for even locking in and finishing the game.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. They what, what did Mike McCarthy say in his press conference, Christy? He said big play execution is what it came down to and that they just didn't do that until the final drive of the game, Dak Prescott having two interceptions during this game, which this is nine for the season, uh, his season so far. Seven of nine, get this, have happened within the second quarter um, of these games. And it wasn't until Sunday that Dak actually threw his first second half interception of the season so far. And and again, that was
2: the one where his arm got hit.
1: Right. And so um, how do we feel about the balance that Dak Prescott is trying trying to fill out right now with being aggressive versus being too conservative? How do you feel like he's riding that tightrope? Is there still a fine line? Is he polishing it up? What Are you noticing any improvements or strides for him week to week as, as he tries to figure that balance out? Always a fine line.
2: And here's the thing, it's going to be different every week, okay? Be it, it, different. It, it, it's, it's interesting because the game against the Texans and then the week before um Gus Bradley, who's the defensive coordinator of the Colts, Gus Bradley, Lovey Smith, all off of the Tony Dungy tree, the cover 2 kind of thing. So so there was some similarity with that. Um but as we talked about just a moment ago, the way that Levy was able to mix things. And so you had the quarters, which means that you have the two safeties uh, for those two like middle of the field on each side but then the furthest side that means that the corners are responsible for that Uh, you can still play press man coverage you can still play man you can still press in quarters but what it does is it gives the safeties flexibility to come up and Mm. run support Mm. okay Uh, as opposed to they also played um, cover two which means the two two. safeties they're responsible for each half of the field and then uh, if you hear cover one or cover three cover one just means that it's one safety in the middle of the field kind of like the center you know kind of like got everything if you just had a center fielder in the outfield in baseball that's what cover one is and then cover three would be when you have three that are back there so um just just interesting the way that they did it but again more zone and just making it harder for the quarterback to make the decisions right right? and 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 fit it into tighter spaces and a
1: bend but never break kind of mentality for the Dallas Cowboys especially that last drive of the game 11 plays for 98 yards head coach Lovie Smith actually talked about Dak Prescott's performance within this time Jazzy let's roll that soundbite so the people can hear what Lovie Smith had to say about Dak
0: (laughs) one of the best Dak Prescott one of the best quarterbacks in our game and um He's going to hit some, and I, I think they kind of showed a little bit of the champion in them. Uh, had to get a had to get a drive, you know, there at the end, and unfortunately for us, I mean, they were able to.
1: I mean, it was fortunate for the Cowboys. I don't know what he's talking about, um, but I really love that he—they showed the champion within them. Because earlier uh, last week, I was talking about how in another press conference, Levy Smith had mentioned that this is a team he can see going all the way. He said the Dallas Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. So the fact that Levy Smith um, really went in with that mentality, but played his team like he did, and then came out to still give kudos, uh, a lot of respect there for all of that. Something else I wanted to touch base on, which we will get to after this next break is we're talking all about a cowboys player who made his dallas cowboy dallas cowboys debut uh we're talking special teams defense and when is the last time since sunday that the dallas cowboys defense had a sackless game i'll let y'all marinate on that we'll be right back this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys
2: Angel Food Slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles.
1: Well, welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I asked you a little trivia question ahead of the break. We'll get to that in just a second, but first don't miss your chance to experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season. Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza presented by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night through December 17th, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, your favorite Dallas Cowboys Heroes and of course Santa Claus too. Visit the star dot com slash Christmas for more information on that. Alright ladies, I asked you if you know the last time the Dallas Cowboys defense did not have a sack in a game ahead of Sunday and I told you the answer so it's kind of cheating but cheating. I <laughs> thought it was interesting. I Literally, I thought of this question last night. I was a sl- half asleep and I woke up and I said, when's the last time that happened? I put it in my notes and didn't look like English this morning. Uh <laughs> When I was awake, but I actually looked this up the last time the Dallas Cowboys defense did not have a sack in a game ahead of Sunday's game against the Texans. Well, it was October 10th, 2021 against the Giants. They did win that game 44 to 20. And looking at some stats now, Micah. Had six tackles during that game. Leighton Vanderesh had four. J. Ron Kearse had three. Malik Hooker had three. Trayvon Diggs had, had three. Um, and then going down the list there as well. But before that, ahead of that, uh, the. Game before that, let's see, was the September 9th, 2021 game against Tampa Bay that they lost 31 to 29. Keep in mind, that was Dak's big return game post ankle uh, injury there. So thought that was a little bit interesting because it's very unusual for this Cowboys defense to come out of a game without a sack these days. I thought that was very interesting, but. Ladies, what was that a product of? Aisha, I'm going to start with you, my, my film junkie over here. What was that a product of not seeing any sacks? Was that a product of low productivity? What did you see when it came to that?
3: Now, me and Christy were just talking about it. Like They were getting the ball out fast, they were setting up screens, they were doing, we talked about it, they mixed, they had their regular offense, like you said, but they just mixed RPO in there. There was a lot going on. Like it was a lot that was going on that wasn't on film. Like <laughs> tater tots. Like I know, like, listen, man, like I understand us being critical and I will be as well. But when a team comes out there and they just like, you know what, we got a whole another guy. Like, and I understand also too, like, they should have definitely kind of picked up on the keys and stuff, but it changes your alignments. It does a lot. So that, that right there, but then also too, um, I think Tunsil had a had a great game. Uh, dealing with Micah and all of those edge rushers that Dan Plo- Dan Quinn deployed on that side to get some pressure, and um, obviously Tank is Tank was over there, but he's he's definitely playing the edge well and stuff. It, they just struggled to generate pressure this game with that and the ball getting out quickly. I did expect more. Did expect more, but I understand some of why it was like that because it would schematically is what they were trying to do.
1: And, Christy, real quick um, a big conversation last week was the cornerback depth uh, post injuries. So, how do you think the cornerbacks were put to the test this game? And do you think. That the cow this showed us anything about the Cowboys secondary in general.
2: I think it was a good start, a good first start for Kelvin Joseph mm-hmm. stepping in for Anthony Brown. He gave up the one play, but towards the end of the game, that uh, third down pass breakup yeah, was a, breakup was was a yeah. huge play. So uh, you know, I, I I thought it was a, a good showing for Joseph, and hopefully it it you know is a good omen for going into these uh, final. Four games.
1: We love a good omen. But
2: here's – the thing was, kudos to Pep Hamilton, who is the offensive coordinator for the Texans and really mixed things up. We should have known something was coming when they – didn't have Kyle Allen, the backup quarterback, who had started Driscoll. the two previous games. And they, they elevated Jeff Driscoll from the practice squad, who's the third-string quarterback. And so when they, as Aisha said, when they were mixing things up and basically bringing him and running a different kind of offense and the Cowboys not having film to prepare for that, uh, it it really um, – you could see the, the Cowboys having to communicate on yeah. defense more. And so when you're having to do that and you're not quite sure what's going on, sometimes just that – T- scintilla of a second of, of reaction him, and yeah. uncertainty and having to communicate it, it makes a big difference. And
1: real quick, we are running short on time. I'm going to have you all think about this. Who gets your flowers for the week? We're going back to flowers because I like giving out flowers. But real quick, Christy, there was something we wanted to mention about James Washington, specifically his first game as a Dallas Cowboy, which when I talked to him in the locker room uh, the earlier last week, he had mentioned that it was a full circle moment for him playing at AT&T Stadium in high school in college and then officially as a Dallas Cowboy because he grew up a Cowboys fan. So uh, definitely an exciting day for him. But specifically, we wanted to talk about not just his role within the offensive, you know, scheme of things, but also within special teams. And we also heard Mike (laughs) McCarthy talk about that in the press conference today. So he
2: had to do something that he'd never done in his career, and that's block, on special teams. Okay, he had some kickoff returns, just a few, a half dozen or seven maybe at Oklahoma State, but now he is blocking. He's playing right tackle on kickoff return. He's not the returner, he's having to block. And then on uh, punt blocking, he's uh, part one of the stack guys and, and having to spy the personal protector. So uh, for a guy, and he only got one target uh, on offense as wide receiver, but the willingness to get out there and give your best, even though it's the first time you're asked to do something. You're a veteran guy, but you're going to, hey, I've never done this, but I'm going to do my best for the team. I mean, kudos to to Washington. That blocking is a thankless job, and I know he's disappointed he didn't get a catch in his first uh, game action as a Cowboy, but, you know, Mm -hmm. hopefully better things to come.
1: Yeah, I think he will be somebody that we keep an eye on as far as ramping up, like we had talked about. I didn't expect to see him with a full workload uh, for this game, but it'll be interesting to see how they integrate him and uh, their shiny new toy with uh, T.Y. Hilton as the season progresses and so flowers for the week aisha who are you going with who gets your flowers for the week dang it i got two all right give them give them out okay okay
3: so tank <laughs> yes the marcus lawrence man like there were two times that he stood up and changed the game because even i think before kelvin had the pbu um tank had gotten beat uh with like i don't know if driscoll escaped him or mills escaped him and then he came back the next play tackle for loss and that set up the long third down, and here comes Kelvin Joseph with that PBU game changer. Then you got the goal line, the goal line play where he just blasts that play, completely blows it up, and that right there is is what gave the Cowboys the opportunity. I mean, you had you know you had some help from the DTS to play before, but. That's what set up the Cowboys being able to go win that game. And so, for me, it was him and also LVE. (laughs) I
1: stole yours, didn't it? Yeah, Yeah. you stole stole mine. You stole stole it too. All right, right, I have another one. All right, give him all the flowers. LVE. All of them. Throw flowers at LVE. I mean, don't throw anything at him. And he got the game ball. He he did. so
3: free. He played so free, so physical. And when a team, I mean, if a team wants to come in and run the ball like that, he thrives. He thrives in that situation. He feels yep. so well. Just a great game by LVE. I thought
2: he deserved it. And, and he was sick. And he
1: was sick yeah, and coming questionable. off of an illness yeah. all week. He and he played like Friday. that. Yeah. Dang, good for him, Christie. Who's getting your flowers? Yeah, that's it. LVE. LVE. All right. I'm all drugged up on Mountain Dew. All right. <laughs> that's
4: you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. That was
1: him. That was him. Whatever he, whatever he took. Please take it every week. Do <laughs> it. Mountain Dew, sure. I'll room. get him a Baja Blast every week yeah. if that's what it takes. <laughs> um, I. I'm going to give my flowers to uh, Brett Maher for the week yes. because thank you, Brett, for your leg. We appreciate your leg that here. Was a big deal. Every day, every week, we just this is a Brett Maher appreciation uh, moment for me yes. because he really is just such a different player than the last time he was in this building. Yeah. And I love to see the progression of him as a player, as a person, um, just the maturity within his game now, his follow through, everything is just so polished up and perfected and I couldn't be happier for him.
2: Yeah, and and let's give kudos to Brian Anger, who's the holder on the field goals, because yes. that 53-yarder, that snap was a little low. It was it, yeah, it, it well, it kind yeah. of it kind of skipped. It, yeah. it hit the ground right before it got to Brian Anger, but he was able to snag it, not just set it up, but turn it and uh, so that Maher could get a good strike on the ball.
1: Well, there you go, ladies. I love doing this with you every Monday and. Just so y'all know, there is not going to be a show tomorrow. Uh, we will be out, so we will be back at it on Wednesday. Uh, for Aisha Morrison, Christy Scales, I'm Jess Navarro. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday. Mm-hmm.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!